Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us today. You know, a few years ago, I'd hear people talk about intergenerational warfare as regards the workplace. And to be honest, I thought maybe it was a little bit trumped up as a topic. For sure, younger generations always want older ones to retire so jobs open up. And for sure, boomers sigh about millennials and their attitudes. I didn't think the problem was that serious. Well, I have to say I've changed my mind on that. Maybe it's because social media is being used for this more, but I see it almost as all-out warfare now sometimes. Now we hear, okay, boomer, it's kind of accepted put-down. Boomer bashing is kind of socially acceptable. And in general, you see a current of anger on all sides. If you get on Twitter, you can see millennial anger, anger particularly runs pretty deep. And it would make some sense. Um, millennials are worried about the economic futures, particularly given the pandemic. Uh, but so are boomers and so are Xers and so is everybody else. Everyone wants to build up their income and security and futures. And as we get back to work in a more normal way, I'm not sure that the conflicts are going to get anywhere less. But, you know, given that this conflict exists, that can't really be helping us get things done at work. So I think we need to spend some time thinking about how we could learn from each other, potentially learn from each other, because that would give us a better product at the end of it. That's why I'm really excited to talk to my guest today. Her name is Charlotte Jopp, and she's the founder of an organization called Circle, that's C-I-R-K-E-L. She's going to talk to us about that, but basically it has the aim of getting the generations to talk to each other and to learn from each other. And she works with corporations on this and with individuals as well. So really interesting thoughts and really interesting experiences that she's going to share with us today. Please stay with us. Well, is there a way that different generations can learn from each other in the workplace? Because hopefully that would give us a better product at the end. Our guest today thinks that there is and in fact works directly with companies to make that happen. Charlotte Jap is the founder of Circle. That's an intergenerational platform that aims to close the gap between generations. She joins us now from New York. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thanks for being here. I always like to start by asking people how they got to this place. You know, nobody necessarily expects to be on a podcast talking about their little niche in the future of work topic. Where did you start and how did you get here? Well, I started as a, a professional myself. I started working in media and specifically within branded partnerships and branded content. So that was relatively kind of pioneering at the at the time. And so I had sort of a creative marketing background. And my whole journey to Circle is really rooted in my experience as a young professional who didn't have access to more experienced colleagues. I worked at Vice. It was, you know, still is a youth media company. And so I felt the need to connect with older, more experienced professionals and my peers did too. And I also would see that people who were my friends' parents, uh, sorry, my, my parents' friends also wanted to connect with people in a different generation, basically for the same reason. They wanted to continue learning and there was a novel piece of knowledge that they could gain from speaking to someone younger. So that, that was the inspiration. 
I'll come back to your organization, but it's interesting you said you work for Vice, and that's one of many media organizations that are extremely young. We don't talk about this very much. I mean, is this even okay that we have organizations that seem to hire by age and not have uh, much variability in age? I think it is problematic. I know um, from speaking to people who run organizations that are young that I think they can feel that there's something wrong about it, but they also defend the fact that they're catering to a young audience. So, you know, oh, it just happens because we are, you know, the purveyors of youth culture. And so people here need to be young. But the problem is when you actually talk to those people working at those companies, they're frustrated. They feel really alone. And so not only is it, uh, you know, on the line of discriminatory, but it's also unpleasant to work in an environment that's so um, mono-generational. Well, that's interesting that you say it's unpleasant. I mean, it's hard to know what's unpleasant and not and pleasant these days. People seem unhappy, which they would be. There's lots of stress. And it seems to be coming out as a battle between generations. Yeah, I think... Um, yes. I mean, to your point, people are unhappy for a multitude of reasons, especially in 2020, but um, it is bringing to light a lot of the issues that existed before this year and allowing us to reflect on it and think, how could we make things better when we quote unquote, go back, you know, maybe it's not normal, but we're going to eventually go back to some version of working in offices and being around our colleagues. So how can we make it better? And in my view, it is about bringing generations together and having multi-generational workforces. So you came up with the idea of circle, and I'll spell it out, C-I-R-K-E-L, correct? Yes. And, okay, your brainchild. Tell us what that is. So circle is all about bringing together older and younger professionals for two-way learning. And sometimes people think about intergenerational connections within the context of traditional hierarchies, you know, where you're mentoring down to someone younger than you, and they just learn and absorb it. But with Circle, we believe that older people have a lot to learn from younger people and younger people have a lot to learn from older people. So we have a ton of knowledge. Everyone has something valuable, some experience they've had, a story they can share, a skill that they've picked up. And if it's not transferred to the right person who needs to learn it, then it's kind of wasted. So our aim is to actually be thoughtful and curated in how we make introductions, which we do every month. And we pair up older and younger professionals so that they can teach each other something and have that really special uh, exchange of knowledge. And so this is all happening within our membership club called Circle Up. And um, that's continuing on and growing. And I encourage anyone listening who's curious about who we'd introduce them to, to join. And we also have events and that's how we started. So we wanted to create spaces that are now virtual, but they were physical networking events that brought together people from different ages who work in a similar industry to have a cocktail, listen to a speaker, and have facilitated networking. That's interesting. Now, who was getting involved in this pre-pandemic? Obviously, it's not that easy to have a cocktail together right now. Right. (laughs) Um, So before the pandemic, we would put on events in different venues that related to the topic. So for example, we did an event about tech. And we hosted it at Betaworks, which is um, a really amazing club for builders in New York's meatpacking district. And we had speakers talk about their various experiences working in tech from their generational angles. Um, We did an event about fashion. That's one of our 
big hits. And that was with the designer Prabhu Gurung. And we did that in his boutique in uh, Greenwich Village. And actually Anna Wintour popped up and came to it. So that was pretty crazy. Yeah. And so it, it really is about taking the intergenerational conversation outside the aging space. Um, for anyone who's listening who follows some of the nonprofits out there, um, I really wanted Circle to be different and actually be more of a cultural brand that explores industries and working and what it means to develop your professional career um, with the generational lens. So we're not really talking about aging. We're talking about how can we be a better more productive, more successful version of ourselves by learning from other generations. And that's a really key difference for me. Before the pandemic, or even now that we have the pandemic, how deep do you think the conflicts within, you know, between generations were running? And I, you know, say this having looked at social media a little bit in preparation for this and obviously watching it over the last however long, it seems like a lot of malice there. I mean, okay, okay boomer is kind of a joke, but it runs a lot deeper than that on both sides. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely truth to the stress and the frustration that generations have when they're they're talking to each other and they're not really speaking the same language. I think for people who work with other generations, you know, in their job, uh, there are frustrations where they don't understand each other and they have different ways of working and they're not really expressing like, I work better this way and I would love to communicate um, on Slack, you know, versus face to face. And it's not really talked about. It's just sort of like given as is. And so I think there needs to be a lot of work that goes into uh, communicating better across generations and uh, being more collaborative. And part of that is simply valuing other generations as well. Like I think a big part of what we do is taking someone who would never come to an event or, or join a club to meet someone older than them and giving them a taste of it and having them realize like, wow, this is so fulfilling to hear a story about what it was like to work in my industry 30 years ago um, or to hear from someone that I kind of wrote off because I didn't take them seriously as like a 55 year old. And then to, to look at them with new eyes and be like, you have a lot of knowledge that I would love to learn. And you've had a lot of experiences that give me perspective. So it is about changing how we connect, how we communicate and how we value each other across ages. Okay, so now we have the pandemic, and that's changing everything. It means people who perhaps had hoped to retire are going to have to rethink it if they don't have enough saved. Uh, maybe they're thinking they're better off staying in the labor force longer anyway, security. Younger people potentially looking at things saying, okay, I'm blocked from any kind of promotion, or maybe I'm blocked for being hired in the first place. Do you think we have major issues going on here, or for the most part are organizations and individuals coping with this? I think that the pandemic has shown us the vulnerabilities that exist across generation lines. I think that if you look at younger employees or younger workers, especially Gen Z, for example, coming out of college, as you mentioned, they feel blocked from getting jobs. And then when you look on the other side of the age spectrum and you have people in their 60s who perhaps were thinking about retiring eventually, and I caveat that with the fact that a lot of people uh, don't want to retire because work gives them purpose and also a paycheck. Um, and so those people might be pushed into retirement sooner than they wish. And the problem there is kind of what I alluded to before, that a lot of people don't have the savings needed to retire at that traditional age of 65. 
So um, there's almost like a bonding moment there where the older and younger workers are going through very similar experiences. Um, and because of this time at home and kind of the distance we have from our working lives in the traditional sense, a lot of people are rethinking, you know, what was I doing before? Was it making me happy? Um, how could I find more fulfill fulfillment in what I do? And I'll add this statistic, which is from, uh, it was a joint search done by the ProPublica and Urban Institutes. And they found that if you're over 50 years old, you got about a 50% chance of getting laid off before you're ready to retire. And that was before the pandemic. So it's really getting brutal for people as they get older to have that job security that they need, especially if we're living into our 90s and you know 100s. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's something I've written about quite a bit and talked about that we aren't necessarily looking at long working lives and, and jobs in, in general may not be what we're looking for in future. We're looking at contract work or freelance work. So everything's kind of getting shuffled. Now, in the midst of this, you're trying to create cohesion amongst you know, different generations. What's the corporate response to this? Are companies aware of this? Do they care? Yeah, I think before this year, uh, we were getting some interest before we even offered anything that was a B2B structure. Um, we were just doing this for individuals. And we would hear from people saying, I wish you had this at my company because I really want to connect with people who are older than me slash younger than me uh, at work, but there really aren't the channels for it. And I exist in this silo working alongside people in roughly the same age group. And so that sort of for the thinking that we needed to go inside these companies, especially when you're looking at five generations in the workforce. Um, the thing is, what's really interesting, this year we've seen a total reckoning of race relations. And so now there's an added layer to this conversation. Um, obviously, DEI programs are exploding and there is a new interest in age. Um, I'll give you the stat that's about 64% of HR teams have a diversity and inclusion program, and about 8% of those actually have age as a qualifier. So it's a relatively like new early thing that these teams are considering age a part of the diversity effort. Um, but as we're now speaking to businesses, we're finding ways to actually integrate the race piece into how we're connecting ages and trying to support not only younger people, but younger people of color as they get support from older colleagues. So that's just something that, you know, we're seeing, we're hearing about that, and we're trying to respond to in a creative way. And why should business care about it? I mean, ultimately, will it make that much difference to the bottom line? And that's probably the question you, you would get if you put it out there. Yeah, there are so many reasons that a business should care. Um, the data says that diverse companies uh, do better. They are more profitable and more productive. Um, but also in this world where consumers are looking at the businesses that they put money into, you know, the products that they're buying and the businesses they're supporting with their dollar, they want to support businesses that are progressive, that are age inclusive. And if you, if you are still sort of like touting this um, exclusionary profile, you know, a lot of companies have been hit with multi-million dollar age discrimination lawsuits. Um, you know, consumers don't really want to get behind that. So it's partly about how your employees are working better when they collaborate across generational lines, but it's also about how you're perceived as a business in this age where there needs to be more transparency and consumers are waking up to the power of their dollar. 
Okay, so what should a company do beyond hiring different ages, but what should they do to have them work harmoniously? So (laughs) you could hire Circle. Um, Essentially, you need to create channels inside the company for employees of different ages to meet and meet as people. So not just forcing together like a slapdash mentorship program like any company could do, but being more thoughtful about why your, your employees are meeting each other, what they can learn from each other. Um, how they can meet each other in a contextualized way. So they're not just, um, you know, put together on an email and saying, figure it out, meet. Um, we do a lot of work to make sure that employees are meeting each other as humans. What are their interests outside of work? Really show each other how there's value in connecting. Um, and so that needs to be an ongoing thing. That's not just a one-time find your soulmate mentor and be done. You need to continuously work to connect these people across their age silos and and break out of their age bubble. And so our program does that. And I've never seen anything yet um, that does it the way that we do. What about if you're an individual, you don't have a formal program, but you'd like to have the benefit of knowing diverse people, including diverse by age, what can you do? Yeah, so that's actually our the program that we've been running over a year now, called Circle Up, which is for individuals. And a lot of people come to us and say, yeah, I'm all about intergenerational connections. I'm, I'm out there trying to meet someone. You know, this is especially true for people in midlife who may work for themselves, their consultants, um, or they have their own businesses. And they say, I really want to meet someone younger because I want to learn about these trends from the ground level. Where do I find them? So I would say join Circle Up. We would introduce you to someone new every month who's curated for you and your specific uh, goals. And we make sure that you're meeting in that same human level so that you can both get something out of it. And a lot of those connections, over 60% of the people we connect, continue to stay in touch. So it's really powerful and it, it really does change your life. And that's great if you have access to your particular program, but just in general. I mean, is there a way for people to be more open to connections from different ages? Definitely. I think it takes a bit of effort because, like I said, we live in these age segregated bubbles and it's tough. But it's just a little bit of like open-mindedness and curiosity and and humility. I think sometimes people get caught up in their ego. You know, if you're of a certain age, you shouldn't need help from someone younger than you because you should know it. But we're in, you know, the mode of lifelong learning. So if you cross paths with your your kids' friends and you want to strike up a conversation, like initiate it. It's really not scary. They're they're not going to run away from you. I know that it, it can be intimidating to start the conversation, but I know we can all relate to some amazing conversation we've had with someone um, decades older or younger than us. Um, And unfortunately, with the pandemic, it's less likely that you'll just bump into someone that you strike up a conversation with. But there are a lot of networking opportunities online um, beyond Circle. Let's talk about the pandemic and the fact that we're not working together for the most part right now. Does that change everything for a longer term because some of us will come back together in offices i guess but it'll be different we'll have others who stay remote others who perhaps may not work physically close to the office uh do we have to think about teams the same way now or should we does it matter as much as it did um we did a conference called the multi-generational future of work and we had a woman named Kay Sargent speak about office design And she was really interesting in how she looks at this as a fluid thing. So for different projects and times, 
we might be working from home remotely. And other times when it's you know really important for a team to work on a project together, there might be specialized, I think she calls them spokes, um, that are not necessarily part of the office, but they're designated meeting areas that are kind of isolated. So I think we'll have to be more dynamic. Um, and if we are working remotely, it is going to be more important than ever to reach out and connect with a colleague um, and set up a one-on-one Zoom call. You know, just like little things that you can do to be reminded that you're connected. And it'll be a, a transition process because we're all kind of learning this, I think, as we go forward. What would you like to see in the next generation of teams if somebody's sitting down to strategize and say, okay, we're going to come back to work physically or partly physically, and maybe we want people to think a little bit more about how they work together. What are the things that companies should be setting up right now? It's a good question. I think that there needs to be more of an effort to recreate how we work. Um, I think there's you know, there's like these very stagnant things that we can invoke. We're like, oh, we need to do some training. So let's, uh, let's host some training programs, you know, like a workshop and we train people, but no, like, let's think about what is the problem that you're trying to solve? What is the thing that your employees are not learning and be more thoughtful about how you're going to teach them those things. And it might not be in the traditional route. It might be something where you're doing a one-on-one course and you say, Hey, Joe, like you're going to teach this course to Sally and I want you to put this curriculum together and one-on-one learning is really powerful. So go for it. I think there needs to be more flexibility. And interestingly enough, some of the larger companies that do have, you know, they've got the, some good revenue to play with and uh, good structure in uh, that they're working on right now. They tend to have like the more um, open structure to play with different formats and to experiment with different ways of, mentoring and training on onboarding, like all of these things. And I think in the future, age is going to be something that people pay a lot more attention to, especially when millennials become, you know, 50 years old or 60 years old. And suddenly you have this huge generation who doesn't want to stop working and you need to find creative ways to integrate them into these larger companies. And this is without even putting Generation Z in there as, you know, a question mark coming in really soon. Charlotte, thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks so much for having me. Charlotte Japp is the founder of Circle. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for being here. If you did enjoy the discussion, please remember to leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. You will really make it easier for other people to find us and for us to continue these discussions on the future of work. If you'd like to know more about our guest today, Charlotte, you can look at our show notes. You'll see a link there to her site and organization as well as more about her. And if you want to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at at Relentless Eco. Again, thanks again for being part of this, and thanks as always to Stokely Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future, and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at the workandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work and the Future Podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production. <laughs>